This podcast is hosted on mtgcast.com with generous sponsorship from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier financial news site. The staff at Quiet Speculation believes that every Magic player deserves the information that lets them play Magic for less money. To learn more about the fundamentals of getting good trades and instantly engage with a friendly and mature community, go to quietspeculation.com. The Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ. With me is the unstoppable KSLA. What's up, guys? And the unquestionable Sebastian Park. See, I like this week's a lot better than last week's. So that would make me the juggernaut and and you... House? Dr. House? I'm Batman. <laughs> I guess you, I'm Batman. Anyway. Otherwise, we otherwise know the... who you are. As ever, this is the Free From Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and stuff from the offline game of interest to us. And one thing we have um, mostly offline is the decks from the latest Star City Games Open. Mm-hmm. Mm. What happened, people? Well, we had uh, our first major tournament with... Um, Dragon's Dragon Maze. Maze. Thank you. I'm like, yeah. why can't I not say that? Yeah, Dragon's Maze being legal... And we saw, you know, how Standard adjusted to it. And it's pretty interesting. Typically you see, you know, I mean, granted, it's not a brand new format, but typically in the past we've seen, like, more aggro decks. But since we have a well-established Standard metagame at this point that doesn't really include aggro, we mostly just saw decks that have already existed in Standard with a few additional cards thrown in here and there. Um, The big winner for the week was Reanimator. Out of the top eight spots, Reanimator ended up taking three of those, and it won the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Although, to be fair, I'm really confused as to the Reanimator deck that took first. I don't see the same engine I've been seeing recently. Well, I mean, you know, you just get an early Mulch or Grizzly Salvage, you can get an Angel in the yard, and a Burial Rite, or you can just bury them with, you know, endless Thrag Tusks and Restoration Angels. Right, right, but it's no longer a combo deck, it's more of just like a... Uh... More, it, It's an aggressive attrition deck, it seems more like now. Hmm. I think I can agree with that. Yeah, it's sort of an old uh, rock style deck, if you will. Yeah, and it and it makes some good use of some interesting new cards from Dragon Phase. In the main deck, the only new feature is a card that I'm a big fan of, and that's Sin Collector. Uh, yep. So, and I like this. Like a lot of people talked about, like the the idea of hitting that guy on turn two, like on the play, like stealing away your opponent's turn two play, particularly if it's like a far seek. It really sets um, some of those Jun decks back. Quite a bit if you can manage to hit a turn one elf, turn two sin collector, which is good. And then out of the sideboard, an interesting card that they have is Voice of Resurgence, who is, seems like he's going to be a really good card. Well, I concur with that. Yes, uh, anything which uh, your opponent's doing on your turn, um, you can easily cause problems for them with. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know. 
with the way the deck is set up, it's it's very easy for that. You know, if you get an aggressive 2-2, and then you can get a large number of creatures out if your opponent tries to do anything on their turn. You're forcing them to play on their turn, which is just great. Um, it kind of reminds me of seed time in that way. It's a good way for, like, a green deck to really punish the, the blue control decks. So, you know, it forces them on their main phase in their turn to cast Sphinx's Revelation, which makes it easier for you to do things on your turn. Uh, good card overall. Pretty, you know, good deck. Not an unknown quantity, uh, but some nice additions. Yep, I completely agree with everything Kia said. Yeah. And the question is, did anybody come up with any interesting variations on that? Uh, not, there was, it, I think it was too early for a lot of variation. All we kind of saw was some swapping out for some improvements. Uh, one card that I thought I like is a bold choice, and that was from Owen uh, Turtenwald, who managed to be the runner-up for this event. And there was a lot of talk for Jund coming into the tournament of playing Sire of Insanity. I didn't see too many people main-decking it, though, and he actually has two in the main deck. Um, mm -hmm. It just seems like, you know, it's a gutsy call, but it's a pretty powerful card, it seems. Uh, six, yeah, six, I mean, it's, it's, there was not a lot of time, right? So, like, a lot, of, like, I saw on Facebook, people were looking for cards well into, like, Friday. Yeah. So, I, I doubt there was, like, a ton of playtesting potential. Like, the, like, my biggest gripe about the first tournament's always been that there's no magic online, guys. Yeah. Well, and now they've shifted that. So, for the Pro Tour, like, there will be magic online practice available, which has, you know, been a big change for things. But I just, I like the boldness of, of putting that guy in the main deck, and I, I like it. Um,. So I think that's pretty interesting. And certainly seems really good. Like, if you hit turn 5 Garrick and then turn 6 Sire of Insanity, you're like, sure, I discard my hand. Next turn, I draw a ton of extra cards. The really intriguing choice here, the thing which leaps out at me, is main deck ground seal. Yeah, I mean, that's been a card I've seen on Moto recently a lot. Uh, it's It does really well against... A lot of, it, like, first of all, it replaces itself, which I think is the biggest thing about it. And it provides a lot of really annoyance to um, a lot of the good uh, combo, not combo, control decks. Yeah. yeah, in the worst case scenario, you cycle it, but obviously in the best case scenario, you're, you know, really shutting down your opponent's Snapcaster Mages or shutting down Reanimator, which is kind of interesting because he did end up losing to Reanimator. I want to go back and watch the match. I haven't done it yet. But even with two main deck ground seals and an additional one in the sideboard, uh, not enough to overcome the deck. Although, like we talked about earlier, it's not so much a traditional combo reanimator deck, more so as it seemed to be an aggressive green-white deck that can beat you over the head repeatedly with threats using unburial rights. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely that was that was the one takeaway I took away from the deck was that you know this isn't like your traditional. Uh, it's more like an Ichikor deck, I suppose. Like if you guys remember those old 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 school decks that like just gained advantages by using um, resurrection as an engine versus anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was interesting there. In third place, we had a we got what blue red white flash, the so Team America flash deck featuring Ral Zarek, <laughs> which is, is fun. I'd like to know how many times he managed to ultimate and, and how that turned out for him. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing people trying to like play that card this past few days, and so it's, it was interesting to see him have that in his deck. Not sure how good it is, obviously, but yeah, well, I mean, it has potential with the the you know the lightning bolt effect and the tapping and untapping. It can do stuff, but you know. Yes, <laughs> hopefully, it'll be more than just a little stuff, right? So. Yeah. And then yep. other new card featuring uh, burn and turn. 
which I know there's a couple people that talked about that card. You know, I think it was Christian Calcano who said he thinks it's the best card in the entire set. Yeah, I, I thought I think it's a little crazy, personally. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's certainly good, and you know, did well for him. And it's it's you know branching out a little bit in this archetype. The interesting thing to me is that there's he has zero Sphinx's Revelations in his deck. You know. I gotta go check if he just didn't have them for the day. <laughs> I think he did, though. Um, I think it was probably a, a design choice there for some inexplicable reason. I have no idea. We should ask. Yeah. Bring him on the podcast. Uh, so very interesting there. And then fourth place, a deck near and dear to my heart, and that is uh, the Bant Aras deck, which yeah. does see the four main deck, Voice of Resurgence, and the less comical Armadillo Cloak in Unflinching Courage. Uh, taking the place of Gift of Ortova. So you get you get the life gain back, but you get to ease up the mana base a little bit, um, which I like. So I, th- I thought this was a pretty good way to, to tweak the deck, make it a little more efficient. I, I honestly love that card. Um, I think the fact that it's printed in, at this power level mm-hmm. is an indication of just how good Armadillo Cloak was back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the the aura of which uh, made people look at an aura which didn't suck. Uh, I, I concur with that. <laughs> was there, I mean, well, Ranker before that was pretty good, but Ranker was also misprinted. And, like, I don't know if you know that story, but like Ranker actually was originally supposed to cost one and a green. But, oh, really? Yeah, it was supposed to cost one and a green, but there was a printing error. And then when they got it in print and they saw it, they're like, oh, dang, it's only a green instead of one and a green. Well, so rather than, like, go back and fix that or do some kind of a rata, they're like, whatever. Rather than fix it. Yeah, well, they were just like, well, we'll just have to deal with it, you know, as a green. It can't be that bad. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. But that was good because, it, it, you know, most of the time it didn't actually cost you a card to replace itself. Armadillo Cloak is the first time in an R was just so good that it was worth the risk of card disadvantage. Yes. Although it has to be said that Orcish Oriflam cried a single tear when Rancor wasn't adjusted. <laughs> that's alpha's alpha misprintings are a little bit different also cyclopean tomb i guess would be another one that is sad yeah the mana costless one yeah it used to be free <laughs> you just play it <laughs> hey at least <laughs> or aladdin yeah. lamp is quite jealous it's original 55 oh, 55 55 yeah. mana cost <laughs> oh man okay. yeah it's, it's weird to think that like you know back in the day um So it's like weird to think that like back in the day, you know, like it's uh, it's interesting to consider the fact that people believed like it's like nowadays when you look at technology and look at um, software and whatnot, everything's iterative, right? So because you have the internet, you can like make changes rapidly. Um, yeah. It's interesting to consider that that wasn't always the case, you know. It was uh, when you printed it, it's done. So. And I think it also just goes back to show like the how magic has evolved. Like at the time, it was just it was a game, you know, and it was for fun, like. So it wasn't a big deal. You're like, ah, maybe this is a little off. Whatever, you know, we'll we'll do our best to fix it <laughs> next time. Whereas now, it still is a game. Just it's, a, it's I, super serious. I thing. understand, but it's also got a significant industry behind it, and and it's mm-hmm. it's much more serious, and it has to be taken at that serious level. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just an interesting insight. Okay, but enough old timey magic rem- reminiscing. Uh, the final yes. deck in the top eight that we've yet to touch on is everybody's favorite, not uh, Jund, which we did. I guess we talked about it a little bit with Owen Turtlewald. 
Yeah, there are only there really are only uh, four archetypes in the top eight. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, kind of covered them all. Um, yeah, so. so yeah, more Jund, more you know fun black, red, green stuff. Hopefully, we we'll yep. see some interesting stuff break out of the mold once people have a little more time and Magic Online gets its hands on um, Dragon's Maze. Why can I not remember the name, name of that set? <laughs> oh. It's probably confusing you with its maze-like qualities. It, it, it seems so. I cannot navigate the maze. All right, but we have uh, left you in the show notes all, what, 25, the top 25 decks of the tournament, which include, you know, other archetypes to look at that have adjustments. There's zombies in there. There's some Naya humans, the aristocrats. Uh, we actually have top 32. Uh, there's a second page. Oh, okay. Top 32. Surprising. Yeah, so there's other decks to check out as well that you can make your way through. Lots of reanimator, though. I have to, I have to warn people. It's uh, I'm counting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 reanimator decks in top 32. Yeah. Very, That's I mean, a lot. Yeah, popular deck, so make sure you have your, your ground seals, your purify the graves, and even vile rebirth I saw once or twice. Anyone running rest in peace? Uh yeah, it does see play on occasion. I think I think rest in peace the problem is that there aren't that many like white decks um that would like to use rest in peace, I suppose. Because like the, the white decks I have in mind like to use their graveyard as well. <laughs> yeah. I think I think typically what's happened is and most white decks right now are green green or green and white. So, or blue, red, and white. So. Yeah, so you would t- they typically seem to be playing ground steel more, because it does pretty much the same job, but extra copies cycle. Yeah. And, of course, it um, uh, reanimates as well. Yes. You've got the um, Umburial Rites being a partially white card. That has an impact. Yep. Another interesting thing is that we saw in the some of the Jun decks, we saw people playing out of the sideboard, is it, is it Deathbringer's chant? Deathcaller? A Deadbridge chant. Deadbridge yes. chant. Oh, that's that's uh, a really interesting card. Yeah, which is really interesting. Potentially a very powerful card, but also, I believe, because of its wording, unaffected by uh, Ground Seal. Because I don't think it yes. targets. It just gets a random. It yeah, it just gets a random card. So that allows you to play Ground Seal to get a, to deal with reanimator decks, but at the same time, you can still play Deathbridge chant. So um, the Random self-milling um, uh, debtor's knell yeah. effect is playable. Yeah. Very, very, I, don't mind that one bit. I mean, at the very yeah. least, you draw the card, right? Like, if it's a creature, it goes in the battlefield, but otherwise it goes into your hand. So, you're, you know, it's a six-mana, sometimes debtor's knell, sometimes Phyrexian Arena. Yep, don't mind that at all. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. What else do we have this week in news? Ah, we have another random common printing error spoiler uh, from the Dragon's Maze pre-release events, where a Modern Masters card has snuck its way into the set. That'll be the cheapest which you know, anybody <laughs> pay for a Modern Masters combo. I honestly thought it was a... I, I am of the opinion it was a troll, uh, troll move that was done on purpose, <laughs> given the card it is, which we'll tell you guys now. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's the thing. Given the card it is, like, that's why I don't think it's a sneak peek or like, oh, we'll do this because it'll be fun and generate excitement. Much in the same way that, like, Rootborn Defenses was spoiled when someone got it in a pack of the base set before Return of Ravnica came out. I don't think it was intentional to hype things up. I think it just kind of happened. Unless there is somebody at the printing center who is uh, dropping in these oops, there's one from the previous set here. Um, 
I, I'm telling you, man, he's he's definitely doing it on purpose, and he's doing it as a troll move, <laughs> is my is my opinion. Because it's uh, the card that just FYI, the card that was spoiled is is not all that interesting to most people, mostly because the deck just got <laughs> kicked out of the format. Uh, which is, I believe it's the, which spell bomb is it? It's the blue spell bomb, Aether spell bomb. Blue spell bomb, yeah. So, yes. for those of you who are excited about the blue spell bomb, I'm, I'm sorry. Why are you excited about the blue spell bomb? Yeah, see, and this is, I mean, seeing this, this, people got very upset. They're like, blah, blah, there's a waste of a spot. You have to remember, guys, this is a set that is designed to be played in limited. There's going to be a Grand Prix. There's going to be an online PTQ Expensive featuring this format. <laughs> so... There has to be a balance. It can't just be nothing but busted cards. And Aether Spellbomb is a very valuable card in a limited deck. Um, you know, it can smooth your man out, it can cycle, and then also, in worst case, it's you know, it's also unsummoned at a key time. So it's a very good card to have in limited. Um, I realize yes. after you've opened your seven dollar, if you open a seven dollar pack and get an Aether Spellbomb, that's not fun. But for limited purposes, it's very so. good. Well, it depends what else is in the pack, really. I mean, it's. If you've if you've got the space with which to build a um, eggs build or um, Earthsat's affinity, we do what you will. Um, then yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it just seemed very interesting. What... All the comments like just seemed to think, they were like, oh my god, why would they put this in the set? It's supposed to be all bomb stuff, and I'm like, well, it has to be balanced. <laughs> and then people talk about Although... how it, it's like eggs isn't a deck anymore, and again, I'm like, it's, it's for limited guys. There are there are some design philosophies that like are like you know one way to make this game better is just make everything so broken that uh, that you won't have to, you won't have time to complain. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they try to do that. They've given us cube, and people complain about the cube tickets. So you just can't win. Uh, yeah, and then on the other side, the interesting are that people are like, "Awesome! I hope they bring all five spell bombs back." And then in my mind, I'm like, "Why would you want them to reprint like Life Spark spell bomb or Sunbeam spell bomb?" I don't want those. Yeah, the light... <laughs> I don't want those unlimited. <laughs> well, Life Spark was a um, an interesting design. <laughs> yeah, it was the one-off man land, wasn't it? Uh, the green yeah. one, yeah, it made like a land a three-three until end of turn. <laughs> yeah. Hey, more power to the land, man. More power to the land. I mean, yeah, in theory, or the gain five life, but like, I don't want those for limited. Like, reprint the the blue and the red one. Sure, those are good and limited. Maybe the black one, depending on what else is in the set. I don't know, but you don't need it. But I definitely don't need the green or the white one. Not sure anyone does. Uh, either way, got a little bonus spoiler. So now we have the, the spectrum of power level and, and value in a set. It can range anywhere from Aether Spellbomb to, to anything else. To Tarmogoyf. <laughs> so. yep. uh, very interesting. Good stuff. Now, next we have the um, You Make the Card um, Top 16 Mechanics. have uh, They've been selected, but not necessarily publicized yet. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. Apparently, those pe- individuals that selected the Top 16, sent in the Top 16 Mechanics, have been emailed, and they're going through a final selection process with questions, and uh, both legal and personal, to get into those. So it's... And then I think it's saying we'll see the top eight mechanics and then vote on those. Uh, we should have known maybe by, I think, this Monday or the next Monday. Uh, but just an interesting process, the way they do that. We did find out um, through one of the boards, one of the members of a the forum there did 
say his his choice was selected. So we know one of the potential mechanics, which is kind of interesting for a black enchantment, and that is whenever an opponent discards a card, exile it. You may play cards exiled with this. That's a fun thing just to put in the Spectre deck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you get to smack him upside the head with the hippie. Random card gets discarded, and now it's mine. Um, so kind of, yeah. and turning all discard into that kind of Night Vale Spectre style of thing, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think interesting is the best word to use there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it would depend on the cost and everything else, and and the environment and whether or not that would be a worthwhile card. But it'll be cool to see, you know, the the eight mechanics that make the cut, and hopefully we'll know those soon, and and we'll get to vote on. Yep. All right, let's see. And our last little bit of news is yet another cards slipped into places they are not supposed to be and getting leaked out into the universe. Uh, and only this time, instead Whoop. of random junky commons making their way into current sets, it is judge promos making their way into prize packs. What? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, interesting, a random store happened to get those, and then we get to find out about these. And so the three new judge promos that have been revealed are a an alternate art show-and-tell, a new frame overwhelming forces, and yet another promotional vindicate. Yeah, I, I heard on the judge, on the judge like, Facebook group that like people aren't a huge fan of that vindicate. Everyone has a place already. Well, here's the, yeah, here's the interesting thing. When you given the context and everything, people are speculating that this might have been a vindicate that was originally supposed to be in Soren versus Tibble. Given the fact that it quotes Soren, its picture depicts Soren, and it would have made perfect sense in the Soren deck. But then it may have been cut due to due to power level concerns or something else. You know, I guess the three man ability to blow up your opponent's Tibble or Hell Rider or anything really might have been too powerful. I don't know. To which I can only say, boo, wizards, give us a chance. Yeah, I, exactly. Especially because we already have, and in my opinion, an incredibly awesome-looking promotional vindicate. Uh, the dude blowing up the world with his sword. Yep, blowing up the world is generally cool, in my opinion. <laughs> Don't let TSA hear you my... say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, tell, me, tell me, we record that part? Yeah, we'll, we'll edit that out. Uh, okay. But anyways, you know, pretty cool. I especially, I think the most exciting one in my mind has got to be the the promotional show and tell. Um, I like the art, very cool looking, funny flavor text, and then just a, a darn good card. Yep. So yeah, um, hopefully we'll see those coming on to Magic Online eventually, as we typically do. Uh, you know, maybe show and tell would be a future Moxis promo. Overwhelming forces, I'm not sure we need because the online real life price discrepancy. Not a big deal, so. Yeah. But um, Show and Tell and uh, Vindicate are both um, fairly high value cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no concern there, especially Show and Tell, I think would be a priority. I could see that being a Moxus promo sometime soon. And I believe we already have the art for it because I think that's the Cube Show and Tell art as well. Oh, really? Nice. I think so. I could be wrong on that. Um, but I believe that's the case. So it would be easy to then. Put that in the promo section and be good to go. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up our news this week. And because we didn't have a whole lot, we actually have time to take a quick look at some of the prices. Um, 
And in doing so, we see that not a whole lot has changed. <laughs> yep. Uh, the prices have maintained a fairly steady state. Um, outstanding ones are um, uh, Obzet at the Ghost Council at uh, 15.8, Angel of Serenity 16.15, Jace Architect of Thought at 14.6, um, and of course Sphinx's Revelation at Ow My Wallet. Yeah. Yeah, despite making no real showing in the, the major uh, top eight and top thirty-two of the decks, it's, it doesn't affect its uh, pocketbook value. Yep. I'm sure Angel Serenity will probably creep up a little bit, given the success of Reanimator over the weekend. Um, other than that, yeah, things are pretty stable, and I imagine they will continue to kind of just stay stable until Dragon's Maze comes out, and we have the potential for new decks to come out. Uh, Vraska is really interesting to me. The card still hangs on and still sees play in sideboards a little bit and just slowly, slowly creeps up and made its way back to 60, 65. Really? All the way back up there? That's crazy. Alright. So, well, yeah, that will cover our prices for this week. And let's mm-hmm. move into our question of the week. What's the first card you want to get out? Dragon's Maze, guys. Pretty simple question, I think. Question. Uh, me? Anyone? It's probably going to have to be the cards I would need to update the Hexproof, honestly. <laughs> so that'd be like the the Voice of Resurgence and the new Armadillo Cloak with the cards, because I, I love that deck. It's a lot of fun for me. I don't know why. I think I have a good idea. <laughs> I think I might uh, go for a set of Etherling and um, just go for all the Lings all the time. He wants take... all the Lings. <laughs> I'll, yes. I'll take... If, if Age, you can have the Lings, I'll take the Planeswalkers in the side, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right. No problem. I'll just unblockably uh, slide on. Take four counters off them. What is the other? Is there another planeswalker? Is it just Ral? Yeah, it's Ral Zarek is the only one in this set. Yeah. Okay, that makes. Yeah, small set. One planeswalker seems fine. Okay. Good deal. Um, but yeah, if you whatever card you're interested in getting, what you want to think is cool, um, let us know, and then we know what you want and we can get them too. Uh, I guess it's going to kind of cover us for this week's episode of the podcast. AJ, what you been playing? I've been dabbling with a Spectre deck, oddly enough. Um, this one was a um, had a bit of a capping sub-theme, capping after Jester's Cap, the act of removing targeted cards out of your opponent's library. Um, with uh, Shimi Inspector, uh, Night Vale Spectre, uh, taking them out of hand and uh, top of deck respectively, backed up with such um, friendly cards as Eradicate and um, Sadistic Sacrament, which is the um, uh, rare from Zendikar with uh, black, 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 uh, cap your opponent for three, or kick a seven, cap your opponent for 15. No, uh, no Mike Wong? Um... Yeah, it's a Spectre deck. I wouldn't um, put a... A, it's Mike Long. B, it's off try. <laughs> but, it's, but it does the gapping effect. Hey, it also puts cards into your hand. Somehow. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, that was very meta. Yeah, I, was I like, apologize I was, for that. I was like, no, it isn't draw your... Oh, okay. <laughs> well played. All right, Sebastian, what about you, man? I've been playing some Dragon's Maze. I got an opportunity uh, the other day because... Um, Somehow, my college finally became a store in the premiere, and we got shipped some Dragon Maids, which is awesome. So, Sweet. Um, 
Yeah, Dragon Mace is a lot of fun, guys. Any, Just you, putting it out there. Yeah. Any fun limited insights? Uh, yeah, you know what the you know the the dual lands no one likes because they're like oh these are like strictly worse they're really good and limited. <laughs> The lands that are just like yeah. just lands in general. Like <laughs> the lands no one likes are really good unlimited, believe it or not. Multicolored lands good in multicolored sets. Thanks thanks for that breakthrough. It is indeed a very surprising thing. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that would happen. In other news, water is wet. Hey, God. <laughs> AJ, I'm sure you're familiar with that concept. Being in English. Yep. <laughs> Alright. And as for myself, sadly I really wanted to play in the Ham on Rye event, but I had to work. Uh, right in the middle of the tournament, unfortunately, so... Yeah, that happens. <laughs> I hate work. Uh, anyways, so I didn't do that, but I've been enjoying this pre-gap time that we were given to play a couple of cube events. Um, one time nice. managing to get a pretty strong mono-red deck, and I think I went 2-1 with that, which is not bad. And then the other time I ended up with a really bizarre red-white artifact deck that just, it played weird, like, advantageous creatures that had, like, you know, their attrition features, and then eventually I would just play lots of artifacts and ramp into, like, Cosmolek. Um, and I managed to go 3-0 with that one, so <laughs> pretty good. Um, I'm not sure how it worked, but it did. Yeah, I don't know how Cosmolek works in general. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in any format. Well, when you're the guy with, you know, Thran Dynamo and Basalt Monolith, and other stuff. And three Lotus, <laughs> like three Lotus somethings. Yeah. We're not quite sure which ones, but... It's got Lotus in it, it's going to be good. Exactly, yeah. It'll work out. Uh, overall, a lot of fun. I'll probably sneak in a few more cube drafts before they go away, um, just to play really broken, overpowered cards. Because like you said, everyone, everyone likes to do that, right? So. Yep, agreed. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that'll wrap up this week's edition of the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or constructive criticisms, you can always reach us at freedfromtherealmtgo at gmail.com. Uh, drop us a line. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And uh, otherwise, you can also publicly let us know by leaving a post in the show notes at Pure. We really like that, by the way. <laughs> we, like to hear, like, we like to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You guys are awesome. True. Very true. All right. Well, that should wrap us up this week. So uh, I guess, you know, everybody have fun, tune in, play some magic, and we'll see you in Dragon's Maze. All the best. Have a good week, everybody.